time, like, wow, it's going to be a journey of just teaching your child the way to go, and then you'll see as they choose that um, on their own, and it's a beautiful thing. And that's really, more or less, what we're going to get into talking about today. You know, everybody, I want y'all to give a round of applause for Sister Geneva from last Sunday. It's just something different about 
turning everything off, all the distractions off, and just opening the word of God, allowing him to speak to you. Before I start reading again, just want to reiterate on the fact that, you know, we're all here uh, for a reason. There's been something that's drawn us here. And uh, maybe you don't understand that yet. Maybe you don't understand where you fit in or if you fit in. And I want to read, start reading this and I want to show you that you are, that God has a purpose for you. He has a reason for you to be here and to hear this message. And I hope it brings you hope. Before we get in there, let me say a prayer real quick. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you have chosen to grab me, um, someone who is just in the darkness, even by choice at times, Lord, and that you clean me up and that you put me up on this stage to preach your word, Lord, to share with your family, with your sheep, Lord, with your flock, uh, a message of hope. Lord, I ask that you would speak through me. I ask that this word would just be rightly divided, Lord, that, that all ears would understand, that they would hear your voice right now, Lord, and not me. God, thank you for everything you're doing, Lord. Be glorified in this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to read the first, the first two verses, but it's going to say a lot. And I don't want you to get overwhelmed or intimidated. I'll break it down, okay? So first Peter chapter 1, verse 1 says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elected, exiles of the dispersion in Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. That sounds like a lot, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, raise your hand like, did you get lost in that? Honestly, yeah, okay, yeah, because I did too. I, I got lost in that the first time already. But he, he's doing a, the thing about the New Testament writers, like, I don't know, they didn't have TV and stuff back then, or Google, so they just sat around, like, if I was going to say something, I couldn't just write it out and leave it at that, because I get bored. I'm like, hmm, how can I make that harder to understand? <laughs> like, there's a lot more words in the language, in language that can help portray this, uh, can also make it more difficult. But what he's saying, basically, he, he's writing this letter of hope to a church, or to, to, a, to a group of people, rather, a very specific group of people. Uh, and he's just saying, like, this is very personal. This is very specific. I want these people to hear this message of hope. And what the people that he's talking about are the elect exiles of dispersion. Basically, think about the life you live right now, right? This man comes into the room. He says, I'm the man of God. I'm, I'm the son of God. I came to die for your sins. I'm going to do all these miracles. We're all going to witness him do these miracles. He dies on the cross. He resurrects. No one can find his body. He comes back. He shows us that it was him. This real life happened in real life. These people will start hearing about it. And they're like, okay, this is the son of God. This is real deal. Like, we got to believe in what he says. He said he's the way to eternal life. You're going to stop doing everything that you're doing, and you're going to start following his ways, aren't you? Like, this really happens in real life. It really happened in real life. So these people are leaving these towns that he's talking about. Um, Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithonia. These, these, these people that, that Peter is encouraging, they're leaving these towns. They're leaving everything they know. And they're going out. They're following him. They're giving it all up for him. And they're facing persecution because of it. They're going through hard times because of it. 
Because if you think about it, all the people around there, if they were Jews, they, they didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah, or a lot of them didn't. And they were stuck to their ways, their religious ways, and they weren't really accepting of those people. The, the uh, Gentiles, the people who were like maybe the Greeks and they were worshiping Greek gods and stuff, they weren't accepting of it because they're, they're going to come do whatever they need to do for their God. They, they're not believing that. They're not seeing it. So this niche of people are having a hard time. They're no longer in their comfort of what they knew. They're experiencing life from a different perspective, and it's hard. And it's like, man, if it wasn't for the truth of Jesus Christ, like, they would they would probably go home. But they experienced it. They really knew it. They knew it was real, and they were out there suffering because of it. And that's what I want to share with y'all. So Peter continues, and he starts talking about a hope, a living hope. And I want to remind y'all that as called as being called by the Holy Spirit, as you are and I am, you know, some of you, whoever, you know, does know for a fact that have answered that call, it's going to be hard in life because we're not of this system, of this world system. It's going to be hard to deal with problems in career and in family and things like that because we're not of, of this system. God chose us to draw, draw, drew us out of that. So, we're going to face what might seem like persecutions. We're definitely not going to be getting our head cut off and things like that, like some of these guys were. Uh, we might, it might get to that point. Who knows? If we get to that point, like, we'll, you know, it's going to be really, it's going to be crazy. But, you know, we do things, we, we have situations like maybe cars don't start or they shut off on the highway, mm. um, like Ryan. <laughs> uh, we'll have situations where, you know, we're not given. The promotion that we deserve at work or we don't we're not seen as i don't know equal to, to others at work because we just have that holy spirit in us that light that kind of the thing the bible says that light darkness can't mix so if you're a believer you've got the holy spirit in you and your co-workers not like how hard is it going to be to to coexist with that person in reality you know what i'm saying like just being real with ourselves it's we can show love all day long but more than Nine times out of ten, they're going to push us away. There's going to be a resistance because it's just not the same. Um, and that's hard to deal with in this world. When we have 401ks, we're trying to fill up. When we have um, promotions that we're trying to get. We have kids we want to put through college. And we got things that we need to accomplish. But it's just hard to do because we're not the same as everybody else. But one thing I don't want you to miss is that even though Peter is talking to us and dealing with that type of persecution in, in these low moments in our lives, he's not talking to just one person, he's talking to a group of people who are experiencing the same thing, who have chosen to walk the same walk. They're exiled together, and we're all in this boat together. You look around, you got family, you got people that you can reach out to, like thank God for the men's group. The other night, Cody helped me fix, we spent hours on my car trying to get it fixed. Uh, Gable was FaceTime and he was helping us out over the over FaceTime. Brothers are always there to help, and I think that's just beautiful. I can just imagine in those times, you know, what kind of hope that they gave each other while they were out in exile and as they, as they chose Jesus over everything they knew. So I'm going to continue into verse 3. So now we know who, who he's talking to. He's talking to us, he's talking to believers, those who are separate separated, you know, chosen. 
And at the end of that, he says, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. So right now, I pray that grace and peace be multiplied to you. In verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. He caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bless his name. God bless you. You deserve all the praise, all the glory, because you chose to, you chose to have communion with us. And you knew the only way to do that, God, was to send your son a perfect sacrifice to accomplish that. You chose death in order that we would have life. See, that's, that's, that's something that's so beautiful. Like, yeah, I, I, to be honest, I would walk away from all this for that. I would. I would walk away from jobs, you know, and I have. I've, I've experienced times where I've had to walk away from a lot of things to, to, to grow closer to the Lord. And I encourage if you feel that in your spirit, uh, if you feel like the Lord is saying, hey, I want to be closer to you, and you see that it's going to be too big of a sacrifice, man, nothing is too big for God. He's got plans far beyond what we can imagine. So, he says he caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So not only did Jesus die for the sins that we have committed and died the death that we deserve, and because we know we know the, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. So just being born because of Adam, just being born into 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 sin, our recompense, what we are owed, is death. But that's why Jesus came, he died, and then he resurrected in order to defeat that, in order that we would have life with him. Amen. So at this time, I want to flip over to John, because I really want to dig into this born again part. What does it mean to be born again? What is, how do you do that, right? And in John, verse, in John chapter 3, Jesus talks about it. John chapter 3, if you guys want to turn over to that in your Bibles. I'm just going to read this. It's quite a bit. It's like 15 verses. We'll read it. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. So this, this, this Nicodemus character, he was a ruler of the Jews, he was a Pharisee, somebody who studied the word, you know, it was the Torah, the Old Testament. He studied it day and night, he was raised in it, he was, you know, he knew everything about it, about this word. He followed all the laws to the T. <laughs> he, he didn't walk too many steps on Sundays because that was against the rules. He didn't eat no crawfish because he couldn't eat shellfish. I just couldn't do it because I love crawfish boils. That's what we do on our birthdays. We crawfish, crawfish, corn, potatoes, all that. That's just, I love it. 
but Nicodemus didn't do any of that because he was like, he was a Pharisee, like he, he was the, the leader of the Jews, so if you're going to be the leader of God's people, like you got to know and you got to represent it well, right? Let's continue in verse 2. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered him, truly, truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, truly, truly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. So Nicodemus, being a man of the word, understanding all this religious, these religious things, he didn't understand the things of the spirit. He only understood the things of this earth. And, and this is something that kind of came to my mind the other day. If you read the Bible as it is, just you know, apart from the, from the Holy Spirit, you're going to read a great history book. You're going to read something with some great, cool stories. Because it, it's written in English, what this one is. And that's the language I'll read it in. But I really feel convicted that this is really discerned by the Spirit. If you could read this book of, of the Lord through the Spirit, and you could read it in the language it was really intended to be understood by, then you'll understand the ways of God. You'll understand the things of the Lord. And that takes being born again, being born by the Spirit. In chapter 8, it says, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound, but you do not know where it goes, where it comes from. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know, and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things, and you do not believe, how can you believe it if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. In the Old Testament, there's a story where Moses had to make the serpent made out of bronze, and he holds it up. And people have to look on that in order to be saved through this time. And I'm going to say that for y'all. I'm not going to give you too much information on that because. I'm going to give you some homework on that later. But the picture that, that, he's, that he's making here is Jesus is saying the Son of Man himself, Jesus, the Son of God, has to be lifted up. And those who look on him, who believe in him, will inherit eternal life, will be born again, will be born of the Spirit. So now, okay, go back to 1 Peter. We know who he's talking to. 
We know who Peter's talking to. He's talking to the believers, those who were born again, those who believed on Jesus Christ as the Son of God, those who have left everything behind and, and, and went forward chasing the life of Jesus Christ. They look upon him. They're dealing with persecution. We know what it's like to be those people. We know how to be one of those people by being born again, by believing. So I'm going to start at three again, and then we're going to go down to four. I'm sorry, it's off-centered a little bit. Um, we could not figure that out. <laughs> so you yeah, guys, technical difficulties. I'll be reading. Verse three, then I'm going to go into four. So we'll start with three again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To what? To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Man, we're just peeling more and more of this off, and it's just more and more understanding, more things to understand. So we left everything that we knew. We're being persecuted because we believe in Jesus. We have eternal life in the kingdom of heaven forever. And now God is saying, Peter is saying, God is saying through Peter, you have an inheritance that's unperishable, it's unfading, it's undefiled. It would be hard to really stand on that when you're being persecuted, when your brothers and sisters are being cut into pieces, burned at the stake, crucified to crosses. That's the living hope. That's what I want to want to, I want us to harp on that, that inheritance. Because no matter what we're facing right now, we have hope in an inheritance that's unfading. It's undefiled. It's not going anywhere, it's ours. It was bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. Again, we're not of this system. It's hard to believe, and I want you to just look at the world the way it is and the way it operates, and it's not really natural for us to spend the short 80 years or so that we have on this earth working and slaving and building and being, you know, working on our credit and getting cars and loans and eating processed foods, like, that, that just doesn't sound natural. You know what I'm saying? I'll just be honest. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't fit with me and my spirit. Like, that's just, that's not life. Like, I don't feel like that's life abundantly. Amen. You know what I'm saying? So, I say all that to say, we have an inheritance outside of this. And let's, we'll, we'll put our feet down, we'll, we'll dig our roots down, and we'll go hard as we can to get through it we'll love each other and we'll have each other's back and we'll face all the trials that we have together but there's a, there's hope for something after this there's hope for an eternity where we won't have to do with any of these things I just don't see God checking our credit score as we walk in the gates like hey God what you doing man you didn't pay it you gotta live on this third floor you gotta take, you gotta take the stairs home <laughs> I don't see it. I think God's, I think God's got some way better than that for us. Let's go to verse five. This kind of tying the tie this inheritance together because you know you and I we want to we're, we're trained to work hard for what we have and protect what we have. But in verse five it says, 
who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. We don't have to do any work. We don't have to protect it. God is protecting it. God is in charge of it. God is doing great things for us, and on our behalf, he already has. In verse 6, this is where it kind of gets, this is where, it's, this is where the hope's coming, telling you. In this you rejoice, though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. First thing it says rejoice, and the last thing it says grieved by various trials. Like that, that, that stuff don't go hand in hand with me, in my understanding. Verse 7, so that the tested genuineness of your faith which is more precious than gold, and the gold actually perishes, though it's tested by fire, your faith doesn't, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to share a little story with y'all. Last Saturday, I'm being, what, what did he say? Grieved by Meredith's trials. I have a lot of things going on in my own personal life, uh, and it just seems like they're stacking up on each other. When it was raining about a month or so ago, I lost out on a lot of work, I lost out on a lot of money, and I have a lot of things that I need to do, right? And it just seemed like day by day things were going, getting worse. So I didn't work because of the rain. I had some money in another account that I think I hacked because I can't access it. They can't. I've been on the phone with them for a month at least trying to get that money, trying to get access to that account. It's just not working. They can't find my um, email address, my phone number, anything. Uh, so I just say that's common. It is, it is what it is. So then I call my payroll at my job. I'm like, hey, look, I haven't made enough money like I usually do to suffice for the bills. Can I get like a $200 uh, advance? And she's like, oh yeah, great. I got you. Well, I used to work for this company years ago, like five years ago. So she sent it to me. She texted me every day, did you get it yet? Did you get it yet? Did you get it yet? I'm like, no, I haven't. And it turns out that she sent it to an old account, bank account that was on my file from five years ago. And so now, and then she, they took the $200 to pay it back out of that same check. So now, not only did I not get the $200 of help, I got less than two, I got negative $200 of help, just for making that call. Wow. So, man, God is good. And, and, and I, again, we're not in this system. So my whole thing, you know what I'm saying? Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It just is what it is. I've been there before. Yeah. I probably I might be there again. It'll be all right. I say that to say, so Saturday, as you can probably imagine, I wake up, had the weight of all these things in my mind. I have a 10-year-old daughter, beautiful. I'm so happy that she came up here, and she's doing the same thing, and she is taking part of this inheritance that's eternal, you know, and, and that's just, today is just a testament to that. So Saturday, we get up, we hit the road, we got some things to do, and my car decides to get out of us on the highway. So I pull over on the side of the road, and I'm like frustrated, I'm angry, I want to cry, I'm like upset. And I just look at her and I can just see like this, this just this thing in her.
different mindset. Okay, how is he gonna react? Because then I'm gonna react. So she was waiting on me to react. So I just knew it, I just saw it. So I just, boom, turned the car on, it came on, and it was like reduced power, so we were on the highway going like 10 miles an hour trying to get home. And she's just next to me, she's quiet. I'm quiet, I got tears in my eyes. And I'm like, man, God, something's gotta shake. Something's gotta happen. Something has gotta happen. So we get home. I drop her off at my mom's house because I'm gonna go to work. I go to work, I knock some doors. Some people were like acting really weird towards me. And I'm already in my flesh, already in my mobile, in my own little stink. So I'm like, man, for lack of better words, forget everybody. I'm going home. Like all of this is whatever. I'm just gonna go home. And um, I go and I pick up Naomi. I'm in a mood and uh, prayer night was that night, prayer walk. And I wasn't gonna go. I was like, Naomi, let's go grab something to eat. We'll come back home, we'll chill. Um, and then as we're going to get something to eat, she's just like, she mentions something. Oh, we're listening to some worship music. And I'm like, so I can see her, she's joyful. And I'm like, nah, we're gonna make it, we're gonna make it to prayer. We're gonna, we're gonna make it to this prayer walk. And we did, we got to the prayer walk, the car's still acting funny. Um, we get to the prayer walk and we have a great time. Like, Everybody's there again. We were just surrounded by family, by other people who are like willing to give hope and love and encourage. Man, it makes it all worth it. It makes it all worth it. And I encourage you, no matter what you're going through, just come be plugged in. You know, stay after if you need. Uh, stay after and just be around because that's that's what gives the hope. That's what gives you some fuel to keep going. It, it helped us out a lot. So after we walked through the neighborhood and prayed. I'm hearing her, she's praying for things, she's praying for people, praying for students. We get to the, to the, to the middle school, we get back, and we all go put our hands on the, on the school doors and we're praying. And, uh, you know, I'm praying, I'm in my own zone, I'm just praying. Everybody starts, I guess they're finishing their prayer, they start walking away. And I finally stopped praying, turn back to walk, and I still just hear this small voice praying. So I looked back and I saw it was Naomi. She had her hands on the door and she was praying. I said, cool. That's cool. I'm going to pray with her. I'm going to go to work with her. So I come up with my hand on her shoulder and I'm praying with her. And she turns around and she's done. And she's like, Daddy, you know, I was praying for uh, the kids who whose only piece is in school. So they're at home right now all summer and they're dealing with, you know, homes that are not peaceful. Or, or the ones who only get to eat at school, so they're not eating at home then. You know, and that just it touched my heart. Because I was like, man, we got it good. My car might be, it might have its own, you know, mind of its own and do what it wants, but we're okay. We're good. You know, we got we got places to go and things might not be perfect, but it's a lot better than a lot of people's circumstances. And I just really thought, like, I was just really grateful to the Lord that that's what is happening in my life and in my family and with the inheritance that I'm able to pass down is this hope in Jesus Christ, this heart of love, this caring spirit, you know what I'm saying? And um, I just right away started thinking, like, man, all this is just to refine us. All these problems that I'm facing is just to make sure that, like, that we can see 
where our faith is at, and, and, and kind of test it, like, how far is this going to take me? You know, am I going to be obedient? And, and if I didn't go through those, then I wouldn't be able to come up here and encourage you. I would, if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't be able to come up here and say, hey, do this because I know it works. One thing that I love about leaders and bosses is, is whenever when I find this in a, in a leader, I just, it's just automatic respect, is whenever I know that they're done doing, they're willing to do or have done what they're asking me to do. I can just, I can respect that, I can follow that. So, you know, I'm asking y'all, and I'm, and I'm leading y'all, that when you go through these trials, when it seems like everything's stacked up against you, don't lose faith. Search the scripture for hope. Be with your family, be with the church. Because all this is going to die is all going to pass away. The 401ks and credit scores and, and the home loans and all that stuff, it's not going to matter anything when we're in the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Verse 8. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not know, do, though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Now, Heather could have seen me drop the ball and blow up, and she's seen that. She's seen that in me, believe me. There was a point where she, I would see her freeze in fear if there was a problem. She knew I was about to blow up on somebody or something, and, and, and my emotions were going to get the best of me. She's probably the one out of anybody in this world who's seen the Lord's work in my life the most. And I praise God for that because I wasn't a, wasn't a joy to be around before. I wasn't somebody who she just wanted to come spend time with. So the fact that even last night when I'm saying, hey baby, I gotta get to church early in the morning, I'm gonna help prepare. And she's like, well, why can't I go with you early? So you can if you want. You wanna get up at seven? Like, yeah, she want to be with you. It's like, man, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, because I, the way I was living before was pushing her away. The way I was living before was showing her a different type of inheritance. She wasn't going to have a hope in the Lord or as a Savior. But thanks be to God that he had a different plan, that he's chosen me, chosen you to be exiles. I'd rather be an exile than a part of the society. So again, you know, I went through this, these trials, and I'm really grateful that I did, grateful that the Lord sustained me through, because now I can share with you, hey, fight the fight. Excuse me. Stand on, stand on both feet, stand tall. Because it is a fight. We're going to get punched. That's what happens in fights. You get punched, I get punched, blah, blah, But the thing about this fight is we already won. We're victorious. We have our inheritance. It's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. 
We can be born again. We can be born again into a family of love and hope and peace and joy. And I just wanted to extend that out to you. If you don't know if you've been born again in the spirit, today's the day to make sure. Today's the day to receive. Today's the day to look up on, on Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Don't let this opportunity pass you where um, you don't know. If you think about the things you've been born into in this life, the Lord came to renew those things. And he has a purpose for those things. Because there's millions of people all around the world that can relate to your story. So start asking the Lord to open your spiritual eyes that you would see him move so you can start taking account of the spiritual things going on in your life. You can share those things and give hope to others. I want to go back to uh, the end of John 3. This is, I'm going to give a little challenge. Because that scripture, man, that scripture is where you're going to find it. That's where you're going to find the hope. That's where you're going to find the direction. It's hard to get into it. You don't know where to start. So I'm going to help you. At the end of uh, John 3, Jesus is talking to him. He's talking about himself as that serpent that Moses held up in, in the desert. And there's a powerful message there. And I want to challenge you to go and research. You Google whatever you need to do. Research that story. Find it. Read it. Read before, read after. And make the correlation. Like, why did Jesus use that story? Why did Jesus use that story? And then when you read it, you find it. You can reach out to somebody to help you understand it if you need to. Take some time. Then share it. Share it with somebody. Because at the end of all of this, our hope is in Jesus Christ. Because he came and he lived and he died and he resurrected, like Peter said. That we would have a living hope to salvation, to eternity in the kingdom of God. Remember, nobody's going to reach that kingdom who isn't born again. Who doesn't look upon Jesus as the Savior the same way that the Israelites looked upon the bronze serpent that Moses was holding up. So I challenge y'all guys to go make that correlation, to go do the research, have fun doing it, pray that the Lord would lead you and show you other things and just blow your mind because that's what he does. That's what happens.
but as we end this service, just position your heart to receive from the Lord. Thank you so much for your time. Right. 